When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Gav Buckland, Sam Carroll and Adam Jones, this being deadline day. And so we will be talking about the ins and outs and really not a great deal happening for the Blues on the transfer front. But as ever, plenty to talk about, plenty of fat to chew at Goodison Park. News about Gabamin, not so good. News about Andre Gomez, very good. Um, all sorts of stuff. Richarlison, Barcelona. And obviously, the, one of the most surprising moves of the window uh, involving a former Everton player, but the Blues still involved with, obviously, a sell-on fee. Anthony Robertson going to AC Milan with that deal in the process as we sit here and record. Um, so, chaps, it does appear that, barring some some late developments, as you know, this afternoon uh, and early into this evening, as we sit here, uh, mid-afternoon on Friday, does not appear that Everton will be making a senior signing uh, this month. Um, Going to open it up. Are we surprised? Are we disappointed? Or are we comfortable with the club keeping their powder dry? I'm not surprised and I'm not necessarily disappointed either. I think, you know, as we've said numerous times around this table, I think Marcel Brands doesn't really like to work in the January window and you can see why really. Uh, you know, prices get inflated for for players, and you know, the past our past January signings haven't exactly been amazing ones, I'll say. And you know, over the last few years, so if there's a chance for us, you know, especially in the sort of financial situation we're in, and you know, we've only just got Ancelotti on board as well, gives him a, a bit of a longer time to assess this squad and really go full throttle for it in the summer. I think the only disappointing thing is, you know, we've still got. You know, the likes of Umani Askuko, Martina, you know, these are two players that we wanted to try and get off the books this month. And uh, as as things stand, at least it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I think that that would be the only disappointing thing for me. But like in terms of incomings, I don't think we were massively desperate for anything. You know, maybe maybe a right winger if you were going to say anything. But no, I don't, I don't think I'm... That really that disappointed that it's been a bit of a quiet one for Everton to be honest. And of course we should we should qualify this at the at the, at the top. That of course there are other windows in other places around the world um, whose transfer windows don't shut on Friday evening. Portugal, mm. Russia, uh, China. So there is options there for the club should should, should they need it or be able to to move on the asshole Martinez. Sam, what's your thoughts on on? what appears to be a quiet window of incomings on a senior level, of course, Jared Branthwaite coming in for the 23s and we can discuss him later, but on a senior level, are, are you disappointed that we've not added? I think it's a little bit of a catch 22, isn't it? In that I do think it's a little bit of a case of, of waving the white flag on this season, especially with the news about Jabaman today, because I don't think we've got uh, enough central midfielders at a good enough standard to maybe now kick on at the end of the season and, and qualify for Europe, which, with with the quality of the Premier League this season probably would be possible. But at the same time, then it's difficult on the other hand, isn't it? Because we know that Marcel Brands doesn't really like to work in this window. It's not an ideal transfer window for anyone. 
uh, in the Premier League, really. And, you know, especially if you were making the move now, it would, you'd, be, you'd be talking hyperinflation. So you can see you can see where it's coming from in, in that point of view. And, you know, I'd rather us probably sit tight and, and not sign another, you know, we're all respect to Cheng Tosin, another player like that, where, you know, you've kind of taken that £25 million gamble, which doesn't quite work well, out. Well, is it not speak volumes that Cheng Tosin signed in January? Loaned him out in January. Umani signed in a January window. We tried to offload him in January. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a thread there, isn't there? Yeah, and it's and it's no coincidence. And you know, you, as Everton have shown over the last few years, you, you can sign bad players in the summer as well. But you can't true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. But you know, it, it is a it is a risky market. I, I, I don't know. You know, you, you get led astray sometimes by some of the names you see kind of connected with, with with the club and stuff and. You know, as I'm saying, a right midfielder. I also think a central midfielder. We, we we probably are short, but at the same time, what we've got should be good enough now to see us through to the end of the season. You know, let's see what kind of uh, improvements Carlo can make at least on the training field and to and to individual players. And then I think, hopefully, in the summer we'll sign the caliber of player and the ilk of player that makes us think. You know, what well, I'm quite happy we did kind of hold our nerve in in January. So, yeah. I'd say a, a, a slight disappointment would be my overall kind of reflection on this window. Gav, how are you feeling at the prospect of uh, no senior player coming into the I, uh, I'm with Adam on this. I think we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, when we were talking about our financial position. That actually, given that, I think it's because Ancelotti's just come in, he want to have a look at the players where he decides, well, say limited, but, you know, what funds we've got available to, to you know, where to use the most effectively. Um, so... I'm quite uh, happy with not buying anybody, you know, just for the sake of it. I, I, Sam, you're saying there about the rest of the season. Should we give up on this season? I think still think there's lots to play, even though... The, the, I don't think give up, I just don't think we, we, we can with this. I think the Newcastle yeah. game and things like that have just showed the... I still think there's there's lots to play. I, I take your point about the midfield needing improvement, but I think the fact that everybody else, apart from one or two teams, are absolutely, you know, aren't great, you know. Mm. And I think that gives us hope uh, that actually we can get something meaningful out of the season, um, even though our limitations are there for all to see, some down to injuries. So I wouldn't give up on this season yet. In I many think respects, got... Gav, not, not signing anybody, not adding anybody in, is actually a kind of... And then he would be comfortable with this, of, of course he would. But it's almost a bit like, well, we're paying for you, Carlo, so go and show us what you can do for, for 14 games and see, absolutely. What, see if you can get yeah. a tune out of this. Yeah, this absolutely. Thing. So I, I, I still think, I know what you're saying, and I think, you know, in, in another season, I think you'd definitely say, well, we're not going to do anything here. But, you know, considering that, that fifth point, fifth place, you might get with 56 points this season, mightn't you? Which is sort of, um, you know, when... As a few people have mentioned, Roberto was fifth in 2014. He was 72, mm, wasn't he? Um, you know, and even Moyes was sort of, you know, sort of fifth with 65, um, 64 points. So, considering where we are, and if fifth does, you know, involve getting mid 50s points, I still think there's all we've got all to play for. Our bit, a few tricky, tricky away games. So, I'm not giving up on this season yet. Perhaps uh, being out the FA Cup could be a blessing in disguise, as they say. <laughs> but uh, no, seriously, I think uh, I, I still think we've got lots to play for. There's a few players playing there for the future there as well, by the way. So recurring uh, themes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good to say that in any podcast over the last five years, yeah, you know. Yeah. So. No, I still think there's lots to play for, but I think Sam's right. We, we do, you know, especially midfielders. There's, there's uh, 
there's improvements needed there, isn't there? Well, neatly coming on to midfield because you know it was our understanding that had been the main thrust of the conversations between Marcel and Carlo about potentially strengthening that area. Difficult in this window, as we all know, to find a player to improve what options the manager clearly has. But of course, the news today means that that option, those options, sorry, have, will be bolstered. Hopefully, if everything goes to plan by the time um, the trip to Arsenal comes around on February the twenty third. Because the plan is that Andre Gomez will be in contention to be in the squad. That's great news, Adam. And, and probably, do you feel, given what Carlo said today at Finch Farm, reinforce the idea that they didn't really need to push to try and find a central midfielder? Yeah, yeah. I think it it, it does kind of play into that a little bit. And you know, it's just remarkable to see how quickly Andre Gomez has recovered from what looked like. You know, initially there were thoughts that it was going to be a season-ending injury. And the fact that he's coming back in, you know, mid-February, you know, Carlo was saying in today's press conference, he's nearly fit. <laughs> like he's been working with the first team, you know, this week in training and he's nearly, he's nearly fit. Like, I think that's testament not only to, you know, obviously the medical staff and the rehabilitation staff who've been working with him, but for him as well. Like it's a testament to just how single, single-minded he was. He was just like, right, I'm getting back on this, on this football pitch this season. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, he'll be an amazing option to have because I think he's something that we've absolutely been missing. You know, that sort of link between the defence and the attack. You know, when Andre Gomez is on his game, he's the exact kind of midfielder that we are missing. And the fact that he, you know, he is coming back sort of February time rather than, you know, maybe late March, early April. Well, you remember when Marco had said in in the days afterwards, you know, we're setting a target of before the end of the season Mm. that we all kind of win. Mm. Good luck with that. Well, I mean, at that yeah. point, you, you are thinking to yourself, well, yeah, th- we probably do need to sign someone to tide us over until, you know, at least the end of the season because, you know, we have been missing that kind of player. But, you know, if you're only going to have to wait, what, two more games before you get Andre Gomez back, yeah, it, it kind of negates that need to then go, in, go and dip into the market for him. So, yeah, I think Carl, Carlo will be absolutely delighted mm. to have Gomez back this early. Mad that a, a man who snapped his ankle less than 100 days ago was like 100 times fitter than I am. <laughs> point in time. But obviously, it, I think it's, 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 it's perfect timing as well, I think, because, you know, obviously what happened to, to Andre was, was a horrible injury. And I think a lot of people, myself included, remember the days after it, from seeing those pictures that kind of got, got shared around social media and that when it first happened. And, and maybe even Andre himself, you know, you probably wouldn't blame him for questioning, was he... Was he definitely going to play football again? Mm-hmm. It was it was that kind of oh, injury, yeah. wasn't it? But at the same time, um, I, I do generally think that before the injury was probably his, his worst spell um, at Everton since, since joining on loan. And, and I don't think he quite hit the heights we were expecting him to this season. And I think it's not, it, it's pretty good timing because, you know, he comes back and no one can expect to see 100% Andre Gomez for the rest of the season, no matter when he returns. But I think it gives him such a good platform to build on then. You know, he'll, he'll get in, hopefully get, what, seven, eight, nine games maybe in, in that area before the end of the season and then be able to do a full pre-season. And as Adam's saying, I do think then if we can get him that full pre-season, he stays fit and he he starts kind of flying again, then he, he is the ideal midfielder and he, he's the ideal midfielder for any system that Ancelotti chooses to play at Everton, really. So it's obviously disappointing about Jabam, and I think we all would have liked to see him, you know, around a similar time, wouldn't we, to to kind of see what he could offer. But, you know, you do wonder what a kind of fully fit and, a, and an on-form Andre Gomez 
would have been able to do for Everton this season and, and how differently the season might might have panned out because I, I do blame a lot of kind of uh, you know the, the 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 poor run of this season on just a, a lack of midfield options. Mm, definitely did definitely underpinned what was a, a, a very poor start to season. Um, Gav. Um, Scholar of the game, so I'll ask you this. Oh, am I? Yeah, yeah. Is Andre Gomez what you know? <laughs> scholar. Um, I thought it's a scholar yeah, of the game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like uh, you see me play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does, does Gomez fit the bill for the type of midfielder Ancelotti wants to work with? Four-four-two. Uh, um, I think it's more suited. So we said this last time. Four-three-three be ideal in a, in a flat three midfield. Yeah, I, I think. I think if you play four-four-two. Your two centre midfielders, one is a more defensive-minded attitude, the other one's a bit more box-to-box. Um, I think he would do, in principle, mm. but he needs to show more than what he's done previously, as I said before, many times on the pod. In, in terms both boxes, of, do you mean? Or? Going forward. Right, OK. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's got a, he's got a dare. It's just his assist counts and goal counts. That predates Evan is, is not great, is it really? Yeah. But he always seems to be to have the tools to do that when he wants it. And, and I think he's got to show a bit more for me. Uh, I think he could play that role in a, in a 4 4 2 with, dare I say, you know, the, our player who we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm. Um, you can see it, though, and we will come yeah, to Yeah, speak yeah, yeah. Um, but I think you could, I'd, I'd like to see him play that role in a 4 4 2, and he could do that for Ancelotti, but I want to see him doing a bit more in the opposition box. He's got the technique. You know, to to do it, he's got the vision to do it, and just want to see it more more often uh, than what he's shown thus far for, for us. Mm. Uh, even though on occasion he's been playing in a struggling team. Indeed. So Adam uh, Carlo would give with one hand at the presser and take with the other. Uh, excellent news about Gomez, but uh, <clears> there'd been murmurings all week um, that, this, that there could be bad news for uh, Jean Philippe Gabamon, uh, with Ancelotti saying he's likely to have to have more surgery uh, and there will be a further setback, but saying. He still hopes to have him before the end of the season. Um, it's, that's a real blow, isn't it? Because mm. for a player we've not seen hardly anything of, we were hopeful that we would be seeing him maybe March time. Well, it's really frustrating, isn't it? And, you know, it, as you say, he has been like sort of conspicuous with his absence over the last week. With you know all the videos that have been coming out of Gomez back in training, everyone's been saying, "Oh, well, where's Gabamon?" Because yeah. we had that little snippet of good news that he was back in yes. sort of first team involvement. And then obviously he's had this uh, this new sort of setback now. And, you know, it would have been really nice to get him back by, you know, March time. Because with that period of time before the end of the season, we could have just, you know, gave him as, as many minutes as possible. And the pressure's kind of off him a little bit where he can just come into the side, get used to the Premier League, get used to the pace of it all, get used to his teammates and really then try and kick on for next season. Now we've got ourselves in a situation where the goal is hopefully we see him before the end of the season. You know, if they, if it comes to, you know, mid-April, late-April time, it, he's not really going to have that chance to be able to adapt <coughs> himself to Premier League football before the start of next season. So we really are starting from square one almost when, when it comes to next season. And So already already at the top of the, of the, of the, of the piece that we will never to be right in July... <laughs> who is like looking forward to pre-season the most? Jean-Philippe Gabamon, <laughs> already number one. Yeah, 100%. And it's so frustrating as well because he is, you know, he is the player that we signed to replace one of our most important players mm. in the squad. Crazy, and yeah. we've not been, we've hardly been able to see him. We've seen him for 135 minutes so far this season. 
yeah, it's it, 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 you know, it's obviously frustrating for us as supporters and for the club, but you know, it'll be massively frustrating as, for him as well. You know, such a big move, so young in his career as well. You know, he'll be desperate to get back onto the pitch. So, you know, any sort of setback, setback like this for him is going to be so frustrating as well. So, it, you know, fingers crossed he he can quite quickly move on from this one and hopefully we will see him before the end of the season. It's very kind of rags to riches, the, the midfield at the moment, I think, in terms of, you know, if Jubaman does come back and it's brilliant and, and, and kind of settles right in and Gomez comes back and, and it's brilliant and settles right in, then suddenly you're like, all right, we're, we're looking pretty good here. You know, mm. the, you know, might add, add one more if Schneidlin went or... You know, you you know whatever, but then you probably be thinking we've got your Bam and Gomez, Delph, Davies, you know, and, and and potentially one more. Do you know what I mean? And you, and you would feel that Carlo would want to add somebody that he's had a say in in that position. Yeah. I, I I still think so because I don't think I don't think Gilfie Sigurdsson's a central midfield player. I still think there's questions over Schneiderlin. You know, Tom Davies still a very young man. Um, so yeah, I, I think that would probably be one of those positions where Carlos is probably going to say to Marcel, "I want one of these. Go, go and get them for me." And I think probably that'd be aside from a striker, one of the most exciting positions that Ancelotti could pinpoint because you know if a manager who's won the Champions League three times, he's not gonna he's not gonna be kind of slacking on the quality of his you know of of the most important player on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? And, and as Adam's saying. We lost the Drissagan again. It's only been over the course of the last seven or eight months and through the course of this Premier League season that I think a lot of Evertonians' eyes have been opened to just how important he was. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, the, just sometimes it kind of went under the radar. You know what I mean? He didn't assist a load or score a load of goals, but his kind of impact on the team can't now be underestimated. And you see that at PSG as well and the impact he's had for them. So I, I do honestly think that next season the, the next summer sorry the priority will, will 100% be a centre midfielder yeah I agree with uh, Adam and Sam I think I think what it does it causes Carlo a problem in the summer doesn't, doesn't it really is that he's not he's not seen as like the midfield mm. at the club play together yeah so the problem then is what Sam was saying is there is he's by one midfielder or he's by two you're not seeing it. it. It sort of clouds his judgments about like, hey, you know, how good are the players got available to him, mm. and whether he needs to, to to bring in improvements. And I think with Shabaman being out, it sort of muddies his thinking around the midfield and who to bring in and who not to bring in. Do, do, just just thinking that on that, yeah. Gav. Do you think that hopefully he's going to get a decent run with Gomez and have yeah. a good idea? And hopefully, yeah, I like him. He's seen a lot of Delph. He's seen a lot of Davis. He's seen. En- he'll see enough of Schneiderlin to know. And do you think Gabamin's actually almost in a separate separate section as in he's signed by the club, predated yeah. Carlo, hasn't played, so it's right, you're working with him, whatever. Go and go and make him work. Go the the club's saying to Carlo yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, I, I I would imagine I would imagine that'd be the case now. I think Carlo would want that, wouldn't he? Yeah. It's just it's just we, we, we said at the start of the pod talking about transfers and the January transfer, we said like the importance of this time of the uh, between now and the end of the season with Carlo to understand the players got and get the best out of them, but you can't do whatever you bam himself. Yeah. So that causes him a problem straight away about how to sort of use the transfer funds he's got available to him during the summer. And I think that's the big issue. The, the other big issue I have with it, the timing of it is, if he says he's not going to be fit for the end of the season, is 
he, you know, he's not he's not going to take any residual fitness into yeah. next year. Is he's going to turn up? But you know, presuming he plays, you know, he's fit for the you know, not fit, but he can say in the summer. He's not going to turn up for pre, you know the first game of the season. Hundred percent fit is he's going to? He won't have not that. Match fit, match fit. He's not going to have that residual <coughs> fitness. So that's the worry I've got already about next year. And I'm just wondering. There's the potential interruption of the Africa Cup of Nations. Yeah, yeah, and stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, cheers, Phil. I felt Phil. like I yeah, attempted yeah, to yeah, yeah. Blue last week. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think. I know. Yeah, sorry, Sam. It causes a problem for Carlo on and off the pitch, I would say. On Off the pitch in the summer about how to use his transfer funds if you've not seen him play. Mm. You know, and you don't really understand how, his role and how it fits so, into the team. So he's, he is possibly going to have to lean on. Marcel's judgment on that one. Yeah, yeah, heavily. yeah, yeah. This is, you know, how did you envisage him playing for us and the style? And he'll have some ideas. He's not soft, is he? He does his research and stuff. You know, watch videos and things. But I, I just think it adds a... Uh, adds points about Gomez as well, about Shabama, wasn't it? It would have been great to get him 14... You know, say last, whatever, 10, 14 games a season, Shabama and Gomez in midfield. Mm. Essentially, our first choice midfield, you know, of the players we've got. If we had them last four games, that would have been ideal, wouldn't it? Just desperately unlucky, isn't it? I think the the dream three for, for Silver and for Everton in the summer was obviously Delph, Jabaman, and, and Gomez, wasn't it? And I think that was a trio that. Never played together. It was, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but what I'm thinking now is that, you know, at the start of the season, we were saying, you know, bloody hell, this, this trio that we signed to play together haven't, haven't played with each other yet. Now we're facing a, a reality where they might never actually play together. For Everton, and, and not really at the moment because of form, just because of the three of them have just kind of managed to overlap injuries and, and two of them have suffered really kind of sin- serious injuries as well. So it's just so strange and, and so unlucky that that, that could that could happen. And, you know, yeah. you, even generally on paper, that, that does all three of them at the top of the game, I think, do complement each other and probably would have brought the best out of each other if if they were all, well, and especially in, in Jabam's case, if he was cracked up to, to be what, if he was all he was cracked up to be kind of thing. So... Yeah, it's, it's, you know, when you look back on this season, I think it's honestly one of the oddest and most unfortunate seasons in a, in a long time. Yeah. You, you, we said about flat threes before and we took my four adoptions later, but you can imagine that sort of three with Keane, Richarlison. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Keane, Richarlison, DCL. Nope. Yeah. yeah. You could imagine and, that, that three. Yeah. You know, that, that would seem... And if the what, vision and on the pitch would... three seem, behind of Gomez, Gabamin... And Delph slash Carlos Newman type. Yeah, of thing. yeah. You could imagine that just seems to be a nice, nice fit. The way that you'd expect those middle three to fit in. Powerful. Not, yeah, yeah. But you're mm. not expecting. We win that league. <laughs> so, so for the podcast, uh, for the listeners, uh, Sam just looked look very excited when we yeah. described. <laughs> <Yeah. the attendance. laughs> I don't want to draw the like, pull into it, but I because I do it the two weeks. So that you don't need, you don't necessarily need goals in those middle three if, if the. the the front yeah, three are fire, you know, fire on all cylinders, yeah. you know. And that's the problem you've got, really. Um, it's like if you have Gomez in the 4-4-2, you, you, you're looking to a wide player, you can come in and score goals. Because Hans Wright is not going to score a load of goals for you. So, yeah, being interesting, I think it's really sad. And and, the, and I don't want to sort of, you know, tempt fate, but players who come to a club who lose their first year, and it becomes very, very difficult for, especially from abroad, and he's a young lad, mm. it's very, very difficult to pull things Back and there's going to be a lot of hard. Well, there's a lot of hard work you know, with the club getting them fit and mentally attuned to, to mm. new surroundings. So there's lots of work to be done with Jabamin, isn't there? Absolutely. Okay, we could talk about midfield options and what it might look like in the future until the cows come home. But of course, 
the surprising and big news, if you like, of the week, although very swiftly knocked down as, as not correct uh, by the football club, was the suggestion and the, and the claim that Barcelona had had an £85 million bid for Richarlison rejected. Uh, as I say, Everton very swiftly um, pouring water over that story. But nevertheless, headlines and a lot, a lot of talk on the Wednesday evening, wasn't it? Um, what was our reaction to that to that claim breaking? My, no, go on. No, 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 go Are you on. sure? Yeah, yeah. You sure? Yeah, yeah. I... Uh, I was walking home and, and I seen that my mate text me saying Richarlison for 100 mil and I was quite confused so I typed Richarlison into Google and then I think I said to you Phil I think I'd just stop watching footy if we were the sold <laughs> Richarlison to Barcelona you know the, the debate was raging in the AST as well wasn't it and I think for, for a young man who was our top scorer last season scored 15 goals 13 in the league 13 in the league 15 overall could potentially get 20 this season and I think is is by far and away Everton's best player, by far and away Everton's most consistent player, most hard-working player. Uh, got, an, got a fantastic attitude as well to boot. Richarlison for me is in, in this current market at 22 years old worth 150 million. So Barcelona can, can, can bid all they want un, unless they're going to come in with that sort of money. And, and, and then even then, you know, I still think Everton would have a kind of a question to answer and would have to assess their options but you know it does show doesn't it that Richarlison I, I personally thought was underappreciated at the start of the season you know there's a lot of kind of talk about staying on his feet and I think that kind of overshadowed how good he's been you know you've got to remember this is a young lad who could speak limited English and was getting kind of slagged in the press just because Everton had spent a, a bit of money on someone they were quite confident was going to be a talent for the club which he, which he has been so you know what he's kind of showed over the last two years uh, or 18 months has, has been remarkable but I also think now it, teams are watching and, and teams are alerted to him and teams know what he is producing you know and I think you know the, the Chelsea game sticks out to me I, I remember that Tottenham game as well you know he does work hard for the team and you're getting an, an all-round player and, and he is only 22 he is only going to get better so it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a worry for the summer because I think he, he, he is generally the one Ancelotti will have said I'll build my team around him and once the likes of Barcelona start sniffing, it's it's not very often you come out unscathed, really, is it? It's certainly not very often that those sort of clubs go away. Um, Adam, just bring the listeners up to speed with what Carlo said today at Finch Farm about the in inverted commas bid. Uh, he he just said that you know there was there was there was no bid from <laughs> from from Barcelona, you know, which is obviously the information that we got quite soon after on Wednesday night as well. And to be honest, when I when I had the you know, rumoured bid, it did stru- strike me as odd because I just don't, like, Richarlison's obviously our, our best player. He's a fantastic footballer, but I just don't think he fits in with Barcelona at the minute. I just don't think he is their sort of style of player, if you get me. And uh, it's interesting today to see them signing a Portugal under-21 international oh, yeah. from Braga for €30 million, Euro, mm. who plays in those front three positions. So, you know, you do wonder whether they'd even have the kind of money to be able to afford Richarlison. and I, I highly doubt it. I fully yeah. agree with Sam. You know, there was a lot of there was a lot of talk from people who don't support Everton going, "Oh, why have Everton turned down eighty five million quid for for Richarlison? Yeah. Well, when you look at it, you know, he's a twenty two year old. He's a Brazil international. He starts for, for Brazil up front. He's only just signed a new contract. He's our best player. He's our joint top scorer. Why? Why would he be worth anything like anything less think, than a hundred? Is I think a lot of those opinions, are obviously, and understandably from fans of other clubs, 
don't see him week in, week out. They'll mm. see the highlights of our games. Well, mm. they'll see when he scores and when he doesn't, or when he gets sent off, or when he gets, he's supposedly diving. Mm-hmm. But they won't see ninety percent of of what he's about. I guess. Yeah. Well, you don't you don't see the best attributes of his game, but arguably when when you do that, because you know, I'd say you know the most impressive attributes of his game are how hard he works for the team. You know how big and strong he is in certain areas of the pitch. Uh, so, yeah, I I I fully agree with Sam. Like if if ever if, if Everton were considering anything less than 150 million for Richarlison, at, even at this stage, I'd be thinking to myself. Yeah. I think what I think what Richarlison kind of thing is for me as well at the moment, though, which is a, a little bit of a positive on the. And I'm not saying we should go and sell all these players, but. You know, the last few years we we've had to take hits on on the likes of of David Classen and and you know a, a, there's been a few misguided transfers. But now at the moment you look and you probably think like look at Richarlison now probably treble worth treble what we paid for him. Luca Dean probably the same what we paid for him. Yeni Mean and if someone was to come in for him now you'd be making a profit. Jordan Pickford probably the same. So at least now we're kind of starting to see you know we we are building a bit of value for these players. If it, and if we do have to lose them. You know, as certain Premier League clubs have shown in the past, you know, if, if you are going to lose players, then at least get as much money for them as you can and reinvest it back into your squad. It's not necessarily the end of the world yeah, anymore. Yeah. I was just going to come to you, Gav. So on that, and we've spoke on this podcast many times about, as uh, you know, using the phrase, Sam, their valuable assets mm. And, mm. and the need, you know, and we spoke about the accounts and the financial situation yeah. and ultimately that it has to remain part of the strategy at selling valuable assets at, you know, top price to help, you know, reinvest, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Is there a case with Richarlison that it's actually more important to try and build a team around him and meet his aspirations and actually look to sell in the future other assets, but not the prized asset? The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast. Is he yeah. that important? Or, a- or does every every player have a price? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll answer that question in a minute. I'll tell you what my first reaction was. Sure. I, uh, I was thinking about your Royal Blue column from a couple of weeks ago. We ended up speculating over what would happen if the Charleston was uh, yeah, yeah. was not for me to the Charleston. I think about that, you know, the Barcelona dressing room with sort of a read three Saturday column. Uh, yeah. Well, I think you touched on that was what your column was about, wasn't it? Effectively going back to what Marcel had said and I think it was a Saturday that had gone on it. Yeah. Um, Every player is a price, you know. It depends what your price is. Yeah, every, every player is for sale. That's the price. Um, I agree. Um, agree a lot, aren't we? That the Charleston's price is significantly greater than eighty-five million quid. Yeah. You know, for a start. Um, I don't. I don't think it's not the worst news for Everton to have us on highlights on Sky Sports News on the first lead story on the basis that you know, no such thing as bad publicity. For the start, it's, it's not the worst thing for the Charleston. Uh, to be to be the headline, you know, regardless of whether the story is true or not. Um, so, in many respects, there was positive aspects of the story or non-story, both for the club and, and the player. So, I didn't mind that. Um, but going back to your point, yeah, is I would think, given Carlos just joined the club, we just had the ADM and we've been going on about strategies. Well, it's you know to sell your prize assets immediately sends the right message out. I, I suspect there will be, but I think there was a list of players, wasn't it mentioned at the, at the ATM? I think that there'll be players there, and Sam spoke about it, where you look at their market value 
and compared to the price they paid. And maybe some players who, I'm thinking, say, John Joe Kenny would be one, another player that you'd be looking at the profit you could make for on them. I'm not saying we should sell John Joe Kenny, but he's an example of a player who, who costs nothing, who you will get a decent fee for. Yeah. Um, who, you know, there, there, there will be, you know, you, you put yourself, there'll be two or three players at any one time that you could sell, for, get a decent profit for. Rather than, ha- rather than, yeah, 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 on, on your biggest asset. Yeah. And, and then you know, bring in two or three other players. Um, I I suspect that a it would take a ginormous fee to, to sell Richarlison. The only thing, the only negative to that is is you know where it does get out and these and do you get told things is what that impact would be on Richarlison as a player. I think it's the easiest yeah. sell ever though to Richarlison. I think all you've got to do, you know, if unless he's been. Absolutely lying through his teeth, which I don't think is is the character of the lad. No. Uh, about how, how much he enjoys playing forever and, and how he's performed since Marco Silva went, because that was my making saying when Silva got sacked. You know, he didn't score again for Watford after he got sacked. And you know, if anything, he's been playing even better. How many twenty two year olds can score that kind of goal he did against Brighton to show that kind of composure? You know, wh- whether the bid's true or not, whether Barcelona come back or not, whether someone else wants to buy him in the summer, you're sitting down, don't you? You say, look, you've just signed a new long term contract. Do it again for another season. And then everyone's happy because you'll probably put another 30, 40 million on you. We, we'll promise you now you can go if you want to. And it, and it works out well for anyone. But I just as you're saying, Gav, I just don't see why at the start of the, the project, the Ancelotti yeah, project, yeah. You, would, you, you would send that signal out to yeah. say, let, let, let's kind of No, do but it. in the future there could be. But yeah, yeah, in the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Does the signing of a five-year deal give Everton two years breathing space? Yeah. Plenty of leave it at Definitely. Two more yeah, years yeah. of crazy pigeon dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and look, I mean, and we, we hope he never leaves. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we hope that he, he's yeah. built, you know, the team is built around him and we're going to have great success with the car. That'd be amazing because he'd become, you know, not, not only now is he a fan favourite, he could become heroic and all the other stuff. Uh, but, you know, the club will be very comfortable. In fact, that I'm, I'm, I know they are because of last month's deal. And, and well, yeah, yeah, club. absolutely. I mean, I think Adam spoke before about you know sometimes fans and other people who don't watch Everton week in week out you know you look at it and you may have one view but you watch him week in week out you've got a different view but the ones who've got the best view of the of of, of all other clubs aren't they as well and you know um I read something earlier on this week that said and it was quite sad no club in Europe you know would would not benefit from having Richarlison in in their starting lineup and that was no club in Europe. So you're talking about the biggest clubs mm. because he, he's developing into, at 22, he's developing into a really good player. And I think that would be reflected in whatever fee we, we would want in, in the future. But I, I thought it was a, an incessant story and there was plenty of uh, positives if it was untrue. It also, yeah. Just a quick addition that, that gave us what he can play in a number of positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, and obviously the comparison, and I, I made it, you know, because he was the last hugely prized asset we had, you know, Lukaku and what he went for. But the reality was Lukaku, wonderful goal scorer, wish he'd never left, but he's a centre forward. Yeah. Charleston can play in three or four positions. He's a better player, Richarlison, better all round player. He's got more to his game. He's got a little bit more fight in him. Um, exactly, yeah. um he's a, a bit more of a leader. Um and he uh he, he we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, where I mean mm. if he keeps his you know, keeps his fitness, keeps his attitude right. 
he's Brazil's number nine now, isn't he? That carries a certain amount of weight and gravitas, isn't it? That he's got he's got to live up to that. Um, you know, he, he can become a seriously good, you know, world player, can't he? Really, I have no, no no problem with that. But just hope he's with us for a Absolutely. few years. You know, Sounds so it, it was also a positive, wasn't it? That I think when when the Richardson contract got announced, was kind of in the midst of some of the the, the lowest ebb of silver, and I remember a few people kind of saying. The new contract, oh, it's just a smokescreen for, for not sacking silver. And, you know, it's, it's another positive, though, isn't it, to see, you know, kudos to whoever kind of did time down to, to, to a new deal now because, you know, yeah. he still would have had a pretty long contract anyway. But as you're saying, Phil, it's two years now of extra security. It's two more years of, of added value. Maybe and I think three, four. Maybe, look, he buys him a lot of time, doesn't it? Well, and that's the thing, isn't it? And I, and I think that's what we have to be. Everton need to get smarter. They need to get smarter in selling players. They have to get smarter in buying players. If if they're to start to compete with other teams in in the Premier League and, and especially that team across Stanley Park, you know what I mean. So hopefully now that that's a sign for for positive steps. Yeah, what what I, I don't know time, but what I wouldn't want is because he is so versatile, he just gets put in yeah various holes at various times, you know. Um, to, to you know. So I'll play four three three, or well, you can play wide left stick and but there. But he's the kind of players I think you'd take to him on a Saturday. Yeah, and play yeah. Back. But and he'd probably have a good game. In t- yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> yeah, you could probably play midfield for us, couldn't he? Uh, to be honest with you. Um, and you know, you don't wouldn't want him. It's got like being versatile, but sometimes you might expect him to be too versatile. But you'd end up don't don't doing enough justice to yourself by being moved yeah. around. I think I'd like to say. Have one position, but be able to move around occasionally rather than sort of playing left wing, right wing. A bit like Carvert Lumen's benefited from that, hasn't he? Yeah. He's played left wing, left wide left, hasn't he? Wide side right for us, like whatever, <laughs> you know. And playing up front, we can make out he's benefited from that. And I think Richarlison is falls into the same category. Um, quickly before we, we um, expand, um, Adam, I think. Not mistaken, unless Sam has as well. You're the only person around this table who has watched the one signing Everton have made this window uh, in the flesh. Jared mm-hmm. Branthwaite, uh, signed from Carlisle United, believe it would be around 700 grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, fended off interest from a lot of clubs, we believe. Um, what have you made of him so far? He's certainly one for the future. Uh, I think you know the game I saw. It would be probably unfair to make any sort of you know, final sort of verdict on him because, you know, the whole team struggled. It was four 4-0 loss of Finch Farm to Swansea in the last game of the Premier League International Cup. So I haven't finished bottom of that group with one point. But, you know, Swansea are a really good team. Played them in the semi was it the semi final? Semi final or the quarter final yeah. of the Premier League Cup last year. Yeah. And yes. only and only just beat them. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, they're they're a really good team and uh, they 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 did kind of show it. A Finch Farm, uh, Everton were missing the likes of uh, Gibson and Adeneran, who were with, training with the first team, and then Andy, Andy, Andy Evans, Evans as well. as well. Yeah, so, you know, there were a lot of problems for Unsworth to try and deal with. Uh, and Branthwaite, you know, as the whole team did, had a bit of a shaky start. Uh, once Unsworth switched, he switched from a, a 4-5-1 to a 4-4-2. That seemed to make things a little bit more comfortable. Mm. But uh, he looked most comfortable when Unsworth switched again. Uh, to a three-five-two sort of sort of formation in the second half, uh, and Branthwaite, I thought in this in that second half showed why Everton signed him. He was so comfortable on the Where ball. Where did he play in the three? Yeah, uh, on the left side of the right. three. Yeah, uh, he was so comfortable in possession. You know that that sort of three at the back let him come out a little bit yeah. more and you know chase the ball and start closing men down. Is he a left pegger? Uh, I don't think so. 
No. Played in the left and looked comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Look, looked looked extremely comfortable. You know, winning winning the ball, playing. You know these little dinked twenty yard passes. You know into the midfield or out wide. Like, he, he was sounds like me that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he looked he looked he looked really comfortable. Uh, I thought Morgan Feeney was helping him out yeah, loads. Big help, Morgan. Uh, yeah, so be interesting to see what happens now that he's gone out on loan as well to uh, Tranmere. Be interesting yeah. to see who, who partners him mm-hmm. in centre back for the remainder of the season. But yeah, there was enough there for me to to say, look, he, this lad's obviously got quality. But you know, speaking to Unzi after the game, even Unzi was saying, look, the rest, the game, the aim for the rest of this season is to get him up, you know, to like Everton sort of standards, of you know, because yeah. you know from moving from Carlisle in League Two to even Everton's academy, just to move to a club the size of Everton, you know, it, it's completely different for him. You know, he's dealing with completely different kinds of pressures and you know, completely different environment. So, yeah, I think his main aim is just to try and settle in for the rest of this season. But, you know, from what I've seen, there's some promising signs for the future, absolutely. And he's only 17 as well. Of course. Like, he's, he's got a lot of time to improve. And, of course, uh, as we recall, this expectation is that he played this evening against Man City, under-23s. Mm-hmm. Another big game. Um, as we as we build at the top of the podcast, we will briefly discuss one of the most surprising um transfers of the window but I think everybody around here will, will be wishing Anthony Robinson all the best and, and and good luck to him it looks like he's joining AC Milan um, a deal initial transfer fee of around £6 million and a deal that could rise to 10 Everton have included a sell-on clause in the, in the deal that took him to Wigan in the summer um, but I'll ask a question to you guys that was asked of me earlier um, are people now or should people be asking questions as to why we sold a young right back six months ago to Wigan and he's now going to AC Milan? Um, not totally because, you know, as you said before we started recording, for you, none of us uh, have, have that kind of crystal ball and you, you can't see how it's going to work out. And I think there, there probably would have been murmurings of, of discontent if, you know, we'd have let Baines go and said, no, look, we're going to put all our faith in Anthony Robinson to be the backup left back but at the same time you know it does show that just because Everton let players go it doesn't just mean then they start falling down the divisions you know anyone who watched Anthony Robinson uh, at Everton in the 20s I'm sure will agree with me that he was always one of the standout players you know he's fast he's strong um, and I think it was one someone kind of said to me a few weeks back that it was just always a question you know he had all the physical attributes could he develop technically and, and that's what he's went and done at Wigan you know he's developed all those technical attributes to become one of the best left backs in the division in a in a struggling team, um, and again, you know, AC Milan under the under the threat of financial fair play are having to add to their team for as cheap as possible, and he's and he's ticked all their boxes. And you know, for for a lad from Liverpool, for a lad that we've brought to our academy, you can't be nothing but but proud for him. And with hindsight now, should we have kept him and just maybe loaned him out again? Probably. Well, would that won? have suited the player? Exactly. Probably not. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when you when you think about all, all that, I think you've just got to put it down to one of those kind of, you know, what, what, what can you do? It is what it is. And, and good luck to Anthony. And, you know, how amazing would it be to see him kind of flourishing for AC Milan in the Champions League and, you know, for the for the American national team in, in the next few years as yeah. well? Because obviously, you know, he qualifies and he, and he does play for, for, for the American men's team. So an amazing story. And, one that I get the sense that people at Everton aren't too surprised about because I think he, he did have some admirers there as well. So, yeah, good work, Anthony. 
And of course, Gav, it, it, it wouldn't be the first in a long list of, of 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 players that Everton have had to release that have come back and played at top. Yeah. I was thinking this season, John Lundstrom had a great yeah. game with Goodison, didn't yeah. he? I mean, as you say, I mean, the fact you put a sell on close always speaks volumes, doesn't it? It's when you, I know, things get negotiated out, but if you put a sell on close, you're, uh, you know, you're, Basically, saying we think he's probably got to make a chance. We want a piece of a future. Uh, we just have got to do, room like, for yeah. him right now. And yeah, I wouldn't have a problem. And good luck to him. Doesn't necessarily mean it's a great sign for AC Milan. He's not play for him yet, by the way. So, uh, you know, I mean, and he's <laughs> so negative. So no, no, I'm just just saying, just say the time to judge about whether we've made the mistake is if he goes to AC Milan and flourishes, isn't it? That's that, that's 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 the uh, that's the thing. Mm. But I don't think we've made the mistake either way. Uh, and good good luck to him. Uh, as somebody said last night, the well-trodden path of Wigan to uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so many, so, so many, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure many of you've seen on social media. There's a bit of a deadline day game going around. Uh, the at Toffee Blues account have uh, have created your transfer story, where you have to select the day you were born. Uh, that's your age, player, and then the month you were born relates to a fee. And this, the premise is you've walked into Goodison and become the manager on deadline day. I'll give you mine. Uh, so third of May. So. I've, I've, I've come in, right? Yeah. Feet under the desk. I've gone, right, <laughs> I'm signing Romulo Lukaku and we're getting him for seven and a half million quid. Adam, what's yours? Phil has walked out with the absolute deal of the deal century. Of the century, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a great negotiator. I, I've admittedly overpaid for mine. I got Wayne Rooney for, you know, a, a reasonable fee of 55 million. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's not the best, but I'm happy with mine. I've got a promising young fullback named Cuco Martina, oh, <laughs> able, right, okay. able to operate on both flanks, 16 mil. So I think, Phil, if, if you could bring me into your scouting team, yeah. Cuco supply him for a 7 million rom. It's definitely Cuco Martina, not as Allardyce thought it was Coco Martina. Unfortunately not. Who's Gav got? So, Gav, give me the. Did you have to give me the year? Oh, just, right. just just say, yeah, that'd be Dixie Dean, wouldn't it? 28th of January. It's birthday this week, by the way. So, you've come into Goodison. Yeah. And you've signed Ibrahima Bakayoko. Oh, yes. For the princely sum. Of one hundred million. Good <laughs> 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 deal. I could think. I think Steve Walsh probably would have thought that was a good deal. By the way, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If he's listening, I'm only joking, Steve. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it makes you wonder whether some deals are actually like that, don't you? Know, uh, <laughs> Do you think you yeah. could stop Rom speaking from it on international duty, Phil? Could you rein that in on? At seven and a half million quid, he can okay. say what he wants. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a, yeah. Maybe you should have been the director of football all along. Maybe been in the long. Yeah. I think. Can get it done before 11. Might, yeah, need, yeah. might need the deal sheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get yeah. it. So if you haven't seen that, the, at Toffee, the Toffee Blues um, Twitter account, I've got that. It's a great bit of fun on deadline day. Uh, very quickly, um, we have, we're running out of time, so we won't go into great detail, detail about the trip to Watford tomorrow, but we will do predictions. Adam, uh, your prediction for Watford versus Everton? Uh, a ground that we haven't won at since 2007. <laughs> we haven't kept a clean sheet away from home since the opening day of the season. Yeah. Uh, I can only go for a draw in this one, unfortunately, because of all that. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Sam? Obviously, as, as Adam's saying there, all, all signs kind of pointing towards negativity, but with Calvert-Lewin and Moise Keane. And Richardson fit. And Richardson fit. <laughs> Easy days, mate. 2-11. Gav? I was looking at the stats last night. Ancelotti's played Watford 1-5-0. One, one, there hasn't been a goal, but there hasn't been a goal straw ever in the 30 games between the teams. So that points to a 3-2 defeat, doesn't it, really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am absolutely clueless on this one. 
Uh, if you play like we played at Newcastle, I think we'll win. Mm. But they're tough, aren't they? You know, we've had yeah. similar similar unto us, but two new managers. <laughs> it's got my default one all draw written all over it. This one, which would be disappointing, but I think that may turn out to be a good result because I think it'll be a tough. I think it'll be a tough ninety minutes. Watford also nailed on for a play you've never heard of to score against you, like John O'Kaka. I never yeah. seen him play another Premier League game. Last year. Stefano O'Kaka. Yeah, yeah. Stefano O'Kaka. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking of uh, the, the lad from Lincoln. John O'Kaka. John Gave Yerry Mir all he could handle. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, we've been absolutely dreadful. Haven't we in the last three years there? We've had to endure it. So uh, I think uh, I think we'll be doing well to get a win tomorrow. On what Sam said though, that that Norwich lad has left already, hasn't he? After Kinda after what he? five months, Saben Sabeni or oh, was scored, it? Scored against the yeah, the one he scored yeah. against. Yeah. He played he played for Norwich for five months, scored one goal, and then he's he's gone. That's like that fan. Wolf wins. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it was a good job. Almiron scored for Newcastle the week before we played yeah, them. Otherwise, like Patrick <laughs> incoming, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 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 The, yeah. So we yeah, all nailed on for uh, a play I've never heard of. To, uh, <laughs> I think score I think we'll get it done. Richardson back in the team. I think it'll make the difference. I think we'll win two one. Oh, well done. Okay. Okay, good stuff, chaps. Thank you for your company, entertaining and insightful, and hope you guys listening have found that as well. Thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, stay with us at the weekend. Myself and Adam will be at Vicarage Road, bringing you all the news, analysis and opinion, and of course, reaction from the game. So stay with us, and thank you very much. You have been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.